and welcome to Bad at Love. I am your host, Mallory. Oh yeah, I'm the other one, Tamu. <laughs> and today, we've got a special guest, our benefactress, <laughs> producer Gretchen. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Gretchen, this is the first time, you know, we've been doing this now for two years. Mm-hmm. We did our trashy book nook here and mm-hmm. we did our first season of Bad at Love here as well. So thank you for that. But you've never been on our podcast before. Yes, I feel so ignored. Well, <laughs> you're also a lady of great esteem and of honor. So I get why you wouldn't be on Trashy Book Nook. <laughs> also, you're always busy all the time. You garden, you bike, know, you're a part of groups, you're a part of Yeah, you're the out world. here living your best life. So it's mm-hmm. nice that we are finally able to do this. Now that we think we have a handle on it. And you are our second guest ever. Oh, great. With two microphones, I should say. Because Sarah was our first guest. Well, Jim. Well, and I don't count those. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, sorry. (laughs) We love you, Jim. (laughs) And Ben, and Ben. Dearest Jim. Ben. (laughs) I love you. But maybe we should think about not loving each other because you're an asshole. I love that you say this right before you're going to go visit him. Oh, there's a reason. And he'll laugh at that when he hears it. Because um, (laughs) what was it like? It was not last week. It was the week before. We were figuring out our Amsterdam leg of our trip. And... He sends, I send him a note. I said, look, I found some other Airbnbs or whatever. He's like, okay, I'll take a look at it. And then I'm reading it because I'm making sure that I'm not lying. And he he laughed the last time I messaged him. And I was like, yeah, you sent this to me. Why don't you just tell me what you want and I will book it. This isn't fun for me anymore. I no longer care. What do you want? <laughs> and it was sent the same time as this previous one. Okay, I'll look at it tomorrow. And I was like... Well, fuck you, bro. I don't have to go to fucking Europe. I will cancel my trip and lose all my money. I don't care. So, like, my night was filled with me being super pissed, wondering why you send me this at 1130 at night where you don't respond to me because it's late at night. And I'm like, are you drinking? Like, what's going on? And so I'm going through all this shit and I can't barely sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, are you? Oh, I, my message was, are you okay? Because it just seemed. A little extreme. It yeah. feels like. A drunken text. And so he he goes, oh, my God, no, that wasn't for you. That was for my sister. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the next day at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm calling him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I almost, like, I was seconds away from canceling this trip. Like, you don't even understand. Because guess what? This is a fucking democracy, bitch. And I can choose where I want to stay, too. You don't get to choose my whole trip. So it was ended up being funny, and I ended up being like, well, thank God that you sent it to me and not to her. And in the background, I hear Ben go, I told him not to send it. <laughs> so Ben, the voice of reason. That's why I was kind of like, it sounded like to me in the movie Legends of the Fall, at one point, Brad Pitt's like, Susanna, find another man because I am dead inside or whatever it is, you know, like sends this tragic email, this tragic note to her. And so I was like, what the fuck are you sending me? Like weird ass Legends of the Fall type tragic notes. <laughs> so that's why I was like, dearest Jim, please remember not to fuck with me because I will stick it right back to you and we will no longer be friends. 
Let it be known, you also could have just gone and been like, bitch, I'm doing it without you. Well, I thought about that. I thought, well, maybe I can figure out how to go to my, myself. Maybe I would go to London and then go to Scotland, or I don't know what the fuck I would Barcelona. do. I don't know, but I was really irritated, and then I didn't have to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, fine, you ruined my night, but at least he didn't ruin his relationship with his family. That's true. Right. And it's very funny because I kept thinking, okay, Tamu, like, let's lead with love here. And I'm not even <laughs> shitting you. It was like, you love Jim. There's love there. Remember the relationship. Remember the love. Mm-hmm. Don't, but I'm like, no, fuck that. And it's like, but remember the love. Fuck it. Love. <laughs> and then that's how I went to sleep. So it actually brings us to a really good oh, yes. segue mm. into this little flutter topic, which is um, kind of talking about, I know we talk about relationships, like love relationships, but we also aren't great at our actual day-to-day relationships, familial, you know, social relationships. Either. And so we can always figure out how to be better at those things. So um, this one's kind of talking about what do you do when you're faced with, I don't know, someone who has given you a challenge in your life who might be related to you mm-hmm. that is now suffering a consequence, not a consequence, but suffering and going through pain and now is probably end of lifing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you figure out what forgiveness and compassion look like in that space where you've had such a tragic or traumatic experience with that individual. Hmm. So I'll give you my example. So I went home recently in June and found out that my cousin who I went to school with, so my grandmother had a school when um, I was in third grade. So it was from third to sixth grade. And it was her opening her school for the first time. And we were seven kids her first round of kids was just seven of us. Two of them were my cousins. Mm. And then the other four or three were other people. But for some reason, um, my cousins didn't, I don't know if they didn't like me. They were envious of me. I don't know what it was, but they became my bullies. Mm. And this person in, in especially was kind of the ringleader of it. So he would make the school not talk to me. And it's seven people. It's not like there's 25. Mm. So, I mean, it it became a lot. And it, it actually impacted me in terms of, like, me not being able to, quote, unquote, brag. I always use the example of um, one of my aunts. I don't know if it was Deborah because she told me it wasn't. So it might have been Sherelle. She gave me a DeBarge album, which is a R&B group. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. And it was my birthday. And I think we had a record player at the school. And I was excited about it because I like them. And I, you know, was just like, oh, look at what I got for my birthday. And they made everybody stop talking to me because I was bragging that I got this album. And so from then on, I never, ever said anything positive about myself. I never, you know, gave myself an accolade. If you gave me one, I would really take offense to it or I'd be like no 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 you know like I never bragged about myself I didn't have any I started to lose whatever sort of esteem I was building up at that point in time Mm -hmm. they'd make fun of my lips being two-toned they make fun of my skin tone they made fun of a lot of things that kind of created the person who I ended up being having low self-esteem not feeling pretty those sorts of things and kind of began the foundations of leading me into a pathway of meeting other people who were not good for me either in terms of my self-esteem and introduced me into suicide and all sorts of things like that. So, and this person has never been nice. I mean, even throughout our growing up. So that was fine. I still try my best to, to be a part of the crew and, you know, take their, their jabs and stuff and, and still try to be cool. But even as we became young adults, 
into adults, into older adults, still not a nice person, still very nasty, would say a lot of things about my family, would say a lot of things about my grandmother, would tell me he hated her, would, you know, all this resentment, there was all this anger, a lot of anger towards women in general, would say nasty things about women, of which I am one. Um, So when I finally moved away and started to get my shit together, I realized I didn't need any of that. And so I kind of discarded it. Like we were never really, we never really kept in touch. There wasn't anything like that. So, and as, I mean, as late as five years ago, this was going on. Because I remember at one point at my dad's 60th birthday party, there was an issue and I literally had to get up and leave the establishment I was in because I was so irritated by things he was saying. So, all that to say, here we are, it's June of this summer, and he's got some issue and some health problems that are unknown at the time, and my family, my immediate family, are dropping everything to go help. Mm-hmm. And my aunt's like, well, you know, I have a space for you in my car, I'm going up there on Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, um, I'm at a different spot, I'm at a place where I'm learning that it's okay for me to say no to things that don't don't make me feel comfortable. And while all this is going on and everybody's like, how are things going? Is he okay? What's happening? I felt like Miranda in Sex and the City when she found out she was having a boy and she kept faking, like being happy about it. I kept like faking being empathetic or sympathetic about it. And it was really kind of distressing to me because I was like, I don't feel anything about this, you know? I feel sympathy and empathy for his mom, my grandmother, my aunts who are busting their ass to figure out and get a diagnosis and figure out what's happening because they're suffering and going through this thing because they, they care about him in a different way. But I had to come to the point of being like, nah, man, no. And we just watched the heiress and I just kept mm-hmm. going, too late, Mariah. <laughs> yes, too late. And so I just was like, I'm not going. And um, I didn't know how to say that because it's not the right thing to say. And in my family, you you do for the people who have been abusing you your whole life. Um, you still forgive that and have compassion for it. And I was like, yeah, I can still have compassion and I can do all of that, but I don't need to, no offense, but like my mom is off on Sunday, on the weekends. I want to spend time with my mom. Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste my whole day. And I mean that. I don't want to waste my whole day pretending that I care when I don't. And it's not like I don't, I don't care. I I can't say it any other way. I don't want him to be dying of cancer. I don't wish anything bad on him ever. I want him to live his best and most happy life. It's not the pathway that he chose. I cannot evoke emotion that I do not have. And I felt like I was that was being pressed upon me to do. Mm-hmm. So you being the most enlightened being that I know. <laughs> oh, <here. laughs> um, as I had this conversation with my aunt, she called me on Thursday to ask me why I haven't contacted my cousin. Mm -hmm. Is it because of what happened in the past? And I was like, yeah. I said, you know, before I left, I wrestled with this before I left home, when I left New York this last time. I wrestled with it. I got to a point of saying, you know what? I said it to the universe. I made my prayer known. I I spit it out to the world. And I said, I wish 
for him to find peace and comfort, whatever that looks like, in this third act. And by third act, I mean third act. This is the third... He has had a lot of issues, alcoholism, whatever else. But he also has had health issues where he almost died because he couldn't get a kidney transplant. Wow. So he got one and squandered the second act. Mm. Continued to be an alcoholic. Continued to live life the way that they were in anger and hatred and ick. I prayed, I pray, and I put it out there that this third act brings him the peace that he needs. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like. And I felt like that was sufficient. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't have to then make a phone call or I didn't have to show my face because I don't need to. But I felt like that was what they were feeling that I should do. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it and I asked her, I said, well, what is he doing? Here he is now Mm -hmm. on a deathbed. Is he making amends? Is he changing? Has he realized things? Because he had asked for me, I think it was like a week, the week that I got back home from New York. He had asked my grandmother about me. And she was like, well, she went back home. He's like, oh, oh, what? What does that mean? I was like, yeah, I wish him the, I, I wish him peace and comfort during this time. That's mm-hmm. all I, that's what I have. I feel like that's compassionate. That's the compassion I can give you. But the grand gesture to make him feel better to me feels like an affront on me. So she told, my aunt told me that he was changing. She said he's still the same person. He's still himself, but he's different. And I said, okay, what does that mean? So he's contacting her to pray with him and do different things like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, that sounds like he's making a change. I will send you a text message. And that's what I did. But part of me also feels like a monster. Like, am I a monster now? No. Because I did that? The, okay, let's unpack this. <laughs> I mean, like, not to Sorry, interrupt. Sorry, I took all the time. You were not no, taking any no, time. Don't even worry about time. it. No. First, to separate from this instance, and I know I've said it before, and I will say it And again. you have similar issues. No. It had nothing to do with that. Well, it had to do with that. the fact that it's like, Tamu, you were one of the best people that I know. Thank you. You are a gorgeous human being. Inside and out, despite what you believe about your outward yes, appearances. Yes, second, second. Um, and one of the most kind and giving people that I've ever met in my entire life. I like that. And so. I definitely don't think that. Um, I'm nodding violently. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I definitely know for a fact, due to my own, how I've worked my life, our friendship wouldn't have been as great as it was had you not done what you've done with our friendship. And so taking it away from that, fuck this person in that regard. <laughs> And just know that. And all of our listeners need to know this. Keeping that as a separate entity. Sure. Then we can continue on to say <laughs> everything else. Because it every time we talk about your past, and that, it, it makes me so infuriated. Because but I mean, that's what happens when I want to protect kid, you forever. Right? Like- there, there, there's, you know, when, when people have a pattern of treating people that way, you and whomever else they did this to, I mean, it... it it comes back to haunt you. Karma's a bitch. Mm-hmm. And you can't escape it. And when you come to end of life, if you really want to make that transition in peace, you know, it's all in your face. You got nothing else to focus on. It's all in your face. Mm-hmm. So whether or not he realizes or even is in a place where he can verbalize, verbalize it in order for you to meet him halfway, you have to expose yourself to a dynamic you're you're done with you've moved on you've evolved beyond that right so that's one part of it the other part of it is people keep thinking that forgiveness requires two people it doesn't require two people nope you don't have to be anywhere near him 
to forgive him. He doesn't have to be anywhere near you to pass along his forgiveness. It may not be as satisfying Mm -hmm. on a personality level, but on an energetic in terms of resolving stuff, he he can do that. You don't need to expose yourself to a milquetoast version of it. I mean, there's a whole range, a spectrum Mm -hmm. of what, what could happen there. And you already know it's like heard this song before mm-hmm. not really thinking it's worth my time and that doesn't make you a bad person that means that you honor your truth mm-hmm. you're honoring your truth people don't have to you don't have to explain your truth to people they just have to respect that you're drawing a line and it's not about being uncompassionate towards him in fact it might be the most compassionate thing for him because he can dig even deeper into it because you're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. He has to go to a deeper level to let that go, to move beyond that piece because you're not there to alleviate that. And I'm not saying you're intentionally sure. making it harder for him to do that reconciliation, but he created that. Well, and I'll interject he that. here that not only did he create that, but he's also going through other people or just complaining to other people instead of being like, what do I literally have to lose at this point in my life that I can't just I don't think so. Say See, Timu. The, the well, thing. there's also an addiction involved in yeah. here, right? And, and, and even if he didn't have the addiction, when the addiction's in there, you don't know who you're talking to. I suppose. You don't know what level of emotional and psychological maturity there are because that kind of gets killed off and, and stumps. You know, it stops growing once they start really getting in the throes of abuse right so you could go in there and maybe he says something but it may not it might satisfy him it may not satisfy you no. so then what do you do with that right so why bother that exactly right. according to the christian belief it's that you be the bigger person you she is being the bigger them. person you know but to them like if you talk to my my great aunt who walks the walk and one of the very few people that i know who does that she would be, nope, you still go in and you take care of them and you do what you need to do and you, d- like, that's her version. That's her of version. Forgiveness, which, God like, bless to her. her, that's great for her. Yep. But also, it like, also sounds caretaky as hell. It's very caretaky, <laughs> absolutely. But to her, that's what she believes in is that that's what you do. Whereas, like, the only other comparison I can think of, and from my memory, was when my grandfather passed away and my mom hadn't spoken to him for Decades. 15 years yeah. at least. Um, and it had ended with a huge fight. I was there, um, and he was uh, physically abusive, mentally abusive growing up for them. And then when he, quote-unquote, found God at a Greek Orthodox church, it was even more difficult for my mom, and he tried to renounce the fact that he had any other children. Like, when he remarried again, like, he had remarried, but then he remarried through the church and was saying it was essentially an annulment. It's a Greek wedding all over. (laughs) So it was a huge thing. So he asked her on his deathbed, and I just remember when she finally came, it was one of those things where, like, she entered the room, she just broke down in tears. He cried too. They just hugged, and, like, I think he died, like, a few days later. Mm -hmm. And honestly, he didn't do anything. Like, it did. Like, my mom was like, it didn't. It broke down a dam of fuck. (laughs) Like, we had all of this. Uh-huh. Well, if you but want to go etherically visit him, we can do that. <laughs> but the, it was more yeah. of that sense of, like, I mean, they didn't get to talk. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And for her, it was more of, like, a, we both, like, it wasn't just grieving of, like, he was passing away. She was, like, we were literally grieving the fact that, like, 
our relationship was it's such a waste yeah and there's no way that we could ever fix it and no time i mean other family issues then also preceded all of this which was fantastic that's all i can think of is saying like i don't know how far along he is oh he's but end of he's end of life but he's end of life but it opened up i would say where my mom was more at peace Mm -hmm. it just brought more shit upon shit and it took her another few years to be like and now I get to redo all of this and now I get to re be like is it forgiveness or am I reliving it and then I'm just even more angry or am I more you know what I mean yeah like it's such a a fuck all I mean I know it's a little different because it's a cousin versus it's still a family but it's It's still still your blood that's I, I just see you going through each of these things, you know, kind of teasing out and finding yourself and your your truth and all these patterns, right, that you grew up in and that it just kind of you accepted and wait a minute, one day you go, what, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, this is not me. I'm not going to buy into this. You know, this is what's real for me. And this is just one more of these opportunities. And I think you're, you're killing it, girl. It's, I think you're killing it. I, I think it's, that. Thank yeah. you. But it's really hard. It's, mm-hmm. it, oh, it yeah. It is difficult and well, uncomfortable for me. It's telling you different. Because. Family expectations are huge. It's going against everything, you know. And my aunt was like, look, if you've already made your peace with it, then that's fine. And I said, I did make my peace with it, but I can do this. Like, I can send them a text message. It's just, I literally copied the message I sent my grandmother when he asked about me before. And um, sent that. But then I thought, well, maybe I'll make a video and send her a video. And then I walked around with my friend at work and I was like, fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just do the thing. Send the message. It's getting across. You've already put it out into the world before. You're good and be good with it. And that's it. And you're and it's OK. And it's hard for me to sit with it being OK because that's just not what is done in my family. Mm-hmm. And again, as I continue to work to be a better version of that, not to say that they're not amazing, like the things they're doing right now and the sacrifices that they're making on their bodies and and their spirits is is huge. But we don't, he and I have never had a relationship. Yeah. They might have a different relationship than, than he and I. We are not cool. We don't see each other when I visit. We don't talk to each other outside of that. I don't know shit about his life, really, other than what my grandmother tells me. Or There's nothing to risk You know what you. I mean? There's yeah. nothing there right. for me to glom onto, mm-hmm. except memories that aren't that mm-hmm. great. Right. So, you know, I talked to my grandmother yesterday, and she was like, why didn't you tell me that you were being bullied when you were in school? And I, I was like... Blaming. No, no. She was like, I would have done something about it. And I said, what was I going to do? It would make it worse. What was I going to do? She's like, well, did you tell anyone? I said, I told my parents. And they were like, well, you hang out with them. So what do you want us to do about it? You know, again, it's you, you do the things because that's what you're supposed to do or what you feel you have to do to be cool. Right. When you're a kid, that's what you do. You hang out with people. They might not be the best people for you. They might be your bullies. But those are the only people you know, and they're your family, and you're always told, like, your family is important, and your family is this, and your family is that, and, you know, we all stick together, and we're family, but if your family's hurting you, what are you supposed to do? So, you know, I felt okay with my choice in this now. You can't change the past. However, then I felt like, am I 
a human monster because I have no feeling whatsoever about this at all. I, and it's literally too late, Mariah. I don't think You've already so. processed it long yes, ago. Yes, exactly. You processed it long ago. You're just realizing that now. Yeah. Well, and like... I've had to. Otherwise, I couldn't... I wouldn't be able to get to the place that I'm at now, right? Like I couldn't continue to grow if I let that shit fester for as long as it did for 40 years. Yeah. So. Well, and I don't think that it's uncommon. I don't know if you've ever been bullied before, Gretchen. But I just know that my mom, and this wasn't even family, but I remember when we went on a road trip, um, and this happens all the time anyway, where the people who bullied me when I was a child, made my childhood a Mm -hmm. fucking hellhole and then she decides to tell me oh by the way so-and-so's having a baby and I'm like okay and she's like well I thought that you might want to know I'm like why would I want to know nope and she's like well just because like you know like your brother was friends with their brother and stuff too and I was like and just because he was friends with them doesn't mean I give a shit she's like well you don't have to be rude about it and I'm like well I don't care like little how little do I care about how much that person is, I'm glad, sure, having a baby, glad they're happy. I don't give a shit and I don't need to know about it because they made my life a hell and I had to work through what I had to work through to kind of be like okay with it. Mm -hmm. So then if I pass them in person, it's a, yep, I know who you are. Not. Bye. Yeah, rather than like, I made my fucking junior high mm-hmm. a fucking hell literally and that's several people that she she'll mm-hmm. she's like oh yeah by the way so-and-so also had a baby and got married and i'm like and i had a neighbor like that why the hell would i care that they are mm-hmm. making a life mm-hmm. like i had to remove them from mine right and so knowing that that's how my mom is with people that i don't give a shit about and right. aren't even my family I can't imagine <laughs> how much extra that is to be like, but now you have, it's expecting you to step up even further and be like my great aunt to me is rather ridiculous. I mean, I did it because obviously my aunt is on a different connection with the spiritual realm. And so I figured this must be coming somewhere from there. And that's, and I respect that. So therefore I was like, I can do that for you. That's not a problem. It sounds like he is trying to do whatever he needs to do. Fine. But she had made a comment, something like, well, I'm trying to teach you about compassion. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm sorry. Trying to teach you one of the most compassionate people I know? Ooh, am I not a compassionate person? Am I a monster? She just doesn't hang with you all, I know, every day like fine. we do. So um, No, and I but think then that- she made the, she made this um, analogy of how my dad is and, you know, how she would want people to still show him compassion if he was in this space. At the same time, I'm like, I would 100% understand if someone he has done shit to, like my nephew, cousin, um, would be like, godson, would be like, nah, I'm not doing that. I could get that. And I wouldn't make, I wouldn't be like, well, how could you? He's dying. I would be like, 100% understand where you're coming from. That is up to you to decide how you want to work this out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not up to me to make him feel bad and tell him he's a compassionless person because he doesn't feel that he's bad for his uncle well, dying or whatever. Who treated him like shit? I give you permission to say back to her saying, you know what? It's fine. You know, I, I think it was coming I, from I a understand place. where you're coming from and I understand you're meaning this well intended, but I just need you to know that 
labeling me as somebody that doesn't have compassion because I'm not doing what you want me to do in Mm -hmm. this instance is pretty damn rude. Needs to learn it. Or learning a lesson. It's pretty judgy and rude. Okay. Well, and to me that feels more like they have some more unfinished business because in their minds they're thinking this person's going to die or pass away or whatever and you're going to have something that you're going to have to handle. She's uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable Tamu's comfort and her truth. But she And she wants to make you. was comfortable with it once I really explained it to her. Okay, good. Um, Again, I don't know where it's coming from, Gretchen. Like, if it's coming from... Oh, I see what you're saying. Some kind of other source that's going through her to say... Can she verbalize that? Make, like, where is this coming from? Or whatever. I wanted to ask... I thought about it after I got off the phone, but I was just like, first of all, she. I, it was the first call I had when I woke up in the morning. Oh, so I was like, Yeah, whatever. not a good time. And also, what does it matter what I do? Who gives a shit about my feeling about it, about him? I am like... a. The bottom of the rung on the totem pole here. Like, who cares what I say? Who cares how I feel about it? I know that you're trying to look for also, maybe it is coming from somewhere else, but I also will say, and I think a lot of people will agree, that death makes people act weird and in different ways that they typically wouldn't act. Like, the fact that one week, a week before my grandfather passed away, I was having a birthday party at my aunt's house, and we were hanging out, laughing. She made me this wonderful cake. The nephews were great. Everything was wonderful, and as soon as my grandfather got admitted to the hospital, she decided that I was selfish, completely cut me out, stopped talking to me. Um, She ended up within like a month moving away to like a new state, didn't talk to the rest of the family. Like It was like... I couldn't understand what the hell was going on. And like everyone else in the family, like all of a sudden my uncle who never spoke to me, now he like sends text messages and now he talks. And like, I think everyone, when it comes to that mortality sense, it's like everybody else also suddenly starts thinking about their own lives and what they would want mm-hmm. if they were also going through this. It's, it's a and harsh so, mirror to look into. Exactly. And so whether or not it's even coming from something else and it's you're supposed sure. to do that, it might be more of her being like, if I was in this position, this is what I would want and her looking at her own. But it would never happen to her because she's an actually decent, good human being. Yeah, but so decent, you know good mean? human beings... They actually... I get it. They look at themselves. They Who's giving you a right act critique. for not caretaking her son. Yeah. So no, it's, this is not her son. It's not this her son. Her nephew. Aunt. This is my aunt. Ah, okay. Sorry. My dad's but sister. to me, like, that's what I feel like is it's it, it gives people all of a sudden a different look at things and then they try to fix things and they're trying to be like, this is what it should be because that's what they would want. Mm-hmm. So that's what they want it to be. That's what they want it to be. Not even just for that person. It's what they want it to themselves. be or they're... Reaching in and trying to caretake this yes. person who's going through this death process, and they're thinking, "Wow, if I was, you know, I know it wasn't really a good thing with him and Tamu. You know, I really think that you should bring the two of them together and help him resolve exactly. this stuff, That's whether what or not he's happening. in that place or not." But, but it makes I her feel better. But not I don't. Him. So it makes don't, her feel better because exactly. I at least created the opportunity. It's like this is not about you. If it's exactly. coming where it's coming from with her, because she is. On the level where you are. So I don't know what's signaling her or where that's coming from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I gave her that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went with it. I was like, fine, I'll do that. So And that's and I totally I get it because my great aunt did the same thing with me and my grandpa and that kind of stuff in that situation. And I forgave a lot of things that she did. And I was like, I will do this. I will not do that. But she also played the caretaker where mm-hmm. like... 
when I said finally that I was like, and I'm done. I was like, I am so done. A couple situations had occurred and I was like, I'm out. And I said goodbye. And I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm like, this isn't what death is. This isn't what love is. And I'm just not going to partake anymore. And I left. And then she took upon herself to call me and to be like, just so you know, this is what's happening. This is what, even though I was like, okay, thank you. Like I made my peace Mm -hmm. and I said what I had to say, but like, because of where she was at and how she felt like Mm -hmm. you should know you should you know she was calling everybody she brought someone who hadn't even seen my grandfather for over like I want to say 40 years maybe even longer um brought her to the deathbed and it actually made things worse um because nobody knew who she was it was like that but in her head Mm -hmm. she was she thought she was doing doing a service Mm -hmm. Because of all that kind of stuff. And so that's where I so come So you've dodged that bullet. To me, it well, feels more go. like... Yeah. <laughs> Blessings on you. Yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on it, too. But also, I respected his mom because when it was early on and they didn't know what was really happening, she was like, I don't want to have, like, everybody come to the hospital right. and right. freak him out like he's dying. You know, it was before <laughs> they knew what... he doesn't know. It was before he they knew what was actually going on. So I totally was like, well, I respect that. Like... Cool. Mm-hmm. It also gave me an out. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, no lies. But then it gave me time to think about it more and be like, no, I just, it's just not, it's all good. Well, and it also, like, it depends on all what you believe in and what he believes in and what other people, like, most people who believe in a higher being of whatever sort think that death isn't the last moment, that there's time afterwards in which you can also still make amends and stuff. It's so while you've made yours, it's not to say that he doesn't after he's passed on to make his like even if he can't to your face apologize to you for whatever it is and you don't you don't ghost, need to because that's no. a ghost well i'm I saying, <laughs> saying afterwards <laughs> i'm saying for himself afterwards if you believe that the soul can still live on and still like be saved or do any of that like he still has time within that to be like and i'm sorry and it depends on the type of being that you believe in as to where you think that can be i mean if you're an atheist and you're just kind of like, well, you're dead and you're dead. That's one thing. I but. don't know. I'm, I'm, a fan, <laughs> I'm a fan of living. It, I just thought of this term in my head as I've been listening. Living as clean a life as possible. And what I mean by that is not being Miss Goody Good Two Shoes. Right. Not being somebody else's concept of what good is or, you know, right. And It's being clear about when I need to have certain conversations. Mm-hmm. When I need to say no. When I need to walk away without closure (laughs) and when I need to step up and claim something and in various other things, because when you get to that point where you're transitioning, you know, if you have the grace of having some time to go through the process that he's going through right now, I know, you know, he's in pain and all that. I understand that. But when you go quickly, you don't have that period to do this reconciliation. Right. It's so much easier to do that when you've been honored yourself and your truth. Mm. Yes. And that doesn't mean you. we can find ways of talking our truth and defining our boundaries without making other people wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you know, you just don't know how to talk to me in a way that's respectful or you don't know how to talk to me about this topic in a way that's respectful. And for whatever period of time until you can figure that out, because this is a conversation with yourself and it has nothing to do with me. We're just, that's just off the board. And if you don't respect that, then this is off the board for a while. We just don't talk for a while. I've had several instances with my dad where I had to do that with him. Mm. 
because he just had a really hard time cutting the apron strings. He wanted grandchildren so badly and couldn't mm. reconcile why I wasn't kicking him out by the time I was, you know, 30, to the point that he, he thought I was a lesbian and actually asked me to come out to him on my 36th birthday oh my God. after we had spent a beautiful day together, right? <sighs> That's a hilarious story in hindsight. But I mean, anyways. Like, also, I feel like it's not uncommon. My mom, this pride, every pride, is like, if you need to, just so you know, we love you. And I'm like, God damn it, Mom. It's pride. I'm not gay. If I were, I'd know. There's, it's, <laughs> it's gay. That, well, it's, this is a slightly different comment, but there's... There's so many single people that are older right now for very good reasons mm-hmm. and enough said. But, you know, it's just, it's it's like, oh, you know, I think about if I'm not speaking up about something, I it's something in me gets atrophied. Something gets stuck. Something gets locked in time. And all the energy that's in that place isn't accessible to me to create what I really want to do mm. in the future, right? Mm. And that might be a real selfish way of looking at it, but whatever we create that's good and, and beneficial benefits far more than us, even if it's not necessarily visible. So when, you know, my brother disappeared and, you know, we had the miscommunication mm-hmm. through text and I didn't hear from him for three years. I'm like, I didn't understand that. It was very hurtful, but I had to respect his decision. And I knew that he would reconnect because I know his heart. I didn't know when. I didn't know it would take three years. Mm -hmm. And still, you know, we're gradually. But for him to start, like, taking the initiative to call me now and just shoot the breeze, I mean, that's, like, (laughs) And that's a huge trust thing with him to know that I'll, you know, be present and be in that place Mm -hmm. and just you know, let whatever happens and love whatever happens and not have any expectations about that that call is going to continue. But also I need to, you know, that little space of relationship. This is another thing that people get effed up all the time is, well, they're not really calling me or they're not the ones sending me emails or, you know, they haven't done this yet. So therefore I'm going to wait. You know, that relationship space is between the two of you. So if you really want something to happen there, on whatever level, you got to put some energy in that space Mm -hmm. between whatever that means. And over time, just let it grow. Don't expect it to be perfect and unicorns and rainbows right away. You know, I would love my brother and I to take trips together and, you know, do do the things, you know, because he's so much fun, brilliant. And when I'm around him, my synapses go to a whole nother place. And it's just, it's just, it's, Wonderful. Well, and I think that that's kind of the point too, like you said, where it's like when you you don't get the con- the tie and the bow is different when you make that when it's death time when it's that transition as it's you said too versus late. yeah too late Mariah right versus where like I have a similar situation except it's very different with my own brother right. where I made my peace because I was like this is just what it is yeah and. I'm at that point where, like, I feel like if a death situation happened, I think I'd actually be more amicable than if it were, we're going to be living another 50 years together because I would be like, and where's the action in this? I'm a much more like, I need to see that something has actually changed. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'd be a lot more forgiving if it were a situation where it'd be like, you know what, because this is where it's at, I'm okay, like, being like, and this is where it's at. 
Well, which is weird. If you've experienced abuse from this other person, I understand. Stay away. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I'm, so, I'm not saying just because they're a blood relative, you know, right. something oh, no, no, has no, no, to no. be there. Yeah. No. But I, but I I'm get over it. That. <laughs> In my own life. <laughs> but I get that too, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like there is that weird difference mm-hmm. where it's like when you make your peace and stuff, it's kind of like, and I'm done. Like, I, I think, because like you said, no feeling. Because no you've processed it. Yeah. It's not that it's not there. Right. You've processed it. So I've, yeah. I'm just there's nothing to hook into anymore. Base. There's no yeah. emotion there at all. Right. I left that a long time ago. Yep. So, well, Gretchen, we'll give you final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts on this topic? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> on this just broad and vast topic. <laughs> or maybe you just have thoughts on the fact that I bought new shoes. <laughs> wow. You have not seen my closet. <laughs> You've not seen hers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I redid my closet late last year, and you know I have all my shoes in boxes, and I started taking them out, and I'm like. I have to go back and get more racking. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> I ended up giving a bunch away because I just didn't have the room. I don't even have a rack. No, I don't need one. one. Uh, <laughs> wow. Anyways. Yeah, the, the whole family, you know, what is family? Years ago, I had a, a girlfriend when I was fresh out of school in the work world. And she, like you, Tamma, was a tam- transplant here and was going through a really tough time with her family. I didn't know all the details, but I do know it was it was not good. And she kind of came here just to, like you, just like, I just need to be me, free of all this, and just find out, you know, who I am mm-hmm. by, you know, starting from scratch. And uh, she's just like you, just one of these amazingly creative, giving, alive people. And uh, I found the perfect birthday card for her. It's like it, it's, you know, it was basically the gist was it's, it's the family we create that matters. Mm-hmm. Not so much the family we're given. And she just started crying. She goes, oh, my God, that's so true. That's so true. I really hadn't looked at it that way because she was beating herself up about the fact that she had all these blood relatives and she couldn't build a relationship with them because of how the dynamic was at that time. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is she reconnected with me through LinkedIn um, just early in the new year, this year. And she now lives in Arizona and she's doing really well and... You know, over time, the relationships have improved to the point that her family, most of them, relocated from Ohio to Phoenix. Oh, wow. So they're all near her. So her whole clan is around her now. And, you know, she now has this connection with them. But it's because she held her truth. Mm -hmm. And they just knew that, you know, if we want to have a relationship with this lady, you know, we, we have to respect her boundaries. Because, you know, you within a few seconds of meeting her, you just know, like, you don't mess with Kay. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, and it's not a, she's not an in-the-face person. She's just, you know, she's I'm just, here. she inhabits her space. Oh, she inhabits. Right. And you do, too. Oh, well, I don't feel that way, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, well, yeah. and I think to add to that, too, they have to want to change. Yeah, and not all of them did. Some right. did. Oh, no, yeah. And some and didn't. If and you some didn't. That's fine. Right. Oh, good. I think that's great. No worries. But I am. <laughs> so, yeah. There we go. The best is yet to come. That's true. <laughs> We're just happy that you're here with us. Yes, yes I'm happy that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> well, thank you for yes, that. Thank you're you. welcome. Um, 
sorry for this really super heavy ep, but deal with it. We're over it. You know. <laughs> Remember what you the help says. You is kind. You is smart. You is impotent. We love you. Thank you so much to everybody. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad at Love Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Bad at Love Pod. Don't even waste your time with it. We won't talk about email. Uh, <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Uh, send us your own stories, your own thoughts and processes. Let us know if you have had bullying issues within your own families. I'm sure everybody I'm has. Pretty sure. Even the bullies themselves. That's true. Because typically they tend to be very unhappy I understand why that all occurred now. Yes. So. All right. Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Bye.